The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Some of your texts coming in just before we get to our next guest about um, that gaming conversation that we had. It says, you know, a lot of it is the available content in game is so vast, unlike Mario Brothers. And even still, people will always play to be the best, the competition. I mean, I played what, like a little mini Donkey Kong when I was a kid and a, a little football game that just had little sliding all the way across. Um, this one says people need to find an out that they can connect with offline. Yes, that's uh, one of the things that Cam said. Um, this one said, Jay, I'm a 30-year gamer and I haven't had an issue, but I know others who have a problem disconnecting. Um, and then this one, really sounds like a personal challenge this man faces with his addictive gaming mentality. I'm 32 with my own family. I've been 20 years since I started gaming. I used to cope, with, I, I use it to cope with human loss and personal stress. It's always helped. The real issue becomes moderation. I say now an hour a day average is what I find myself at. It comes down to life priorities. I really do find that gaming can be a very healthy release. Bottom line is an addictive mentality can become addicted to anything. 3% of gamers are addicted. That's an extremely low number. So lots of different comments coming in on this uh, conversation. And hey, if you, uh, you know, I had someone else and said, Jay, you know what? I think my son is addicted. What does that first conversation look like? And I sent a link from Cam's, um, Cam's uh, website uh, outlining it all. So there's a lot of great information there as well. A couple of you have been asking what is going on. The QE2 with North Traffic just had this text. It said there's construction on a highway to north just south of Leduc and five kilometers before the construction zone is a major accident now holding up traffic. A northbound traffic should detour on exit 508 Glen Park District East Cavanaugh. So keep it updated. Uh, keep me updated on what's happening on that uh, stretch of road. Isn't summer traveling fun, huh? Uh, if you were traveling, if you were down in Calgary at the Stampede this weekend, you may have been wowed by the uh, Keith Sayers FMX stunt team. Uh, our executive producer, Kelsey Campbell, was there, and she couldn't get over the insane tricks that these guys and one gal were performing. Two Albertans are part of this team, uh, Billy Colhoot and Chad Bowman. Chad joins us now hey chad hey how's it going i'm really good where where'd i get a hold of you today you still in calgary uh no actually i just rolled i just passed that traffic jam on qe2 <laughs> i'm just getting into edmonton actually you're just driving back into edmonton okay so you were born in uh, erskine yeah that's right and, yeah i grew up there and then went to school in sad to uh went to school in stetler moved to camrose kind of make a, a base out of red deer i believe now so tell us how you became um a part of this fmx stunt team uh basically i got noticed uh just through social media was the first time i got noticed by a promoter back in 2014 and then i got a call and went to a show out in saskatchewan and it ended up going really well and kind of got my name known that way and then the phone calls just kept coming in and getting busier and busier each year okay these bikes that you're riding are they uh motorbikes yeah they're they're dirt bikes yeah. they're dirt uh, bikes yeah okay so how does one start um learning how to do tricks on a dirt bike like what you're doing uh for me a lot of the little stuff started just on a like a pedal bike, a BMX bike. Me and my brother would always just shovel jumps as kids, <laughs> try and replicate what we saw in the movies and, and go from there. And then once uh, I ended up getting a dirt bike finally at 18, things just, I started hitting the, like the bigger jumps on the tracks and 
trying some of those tricks we do on the BMX bikes, and it ended up working pretty well, pretty quickly. So. Did you hurt yourself? Uh, the, yeah, the first couple <laughs> of years were, were questionable, that's for sure. <laughs> so when you start, uh, I mean, there's there's difference between, you know, doing uh, doing tricks with your brother and then working in a team like you were doing so over the weekend at the Stampede, and I'm watching some of the video uh, from it and just the, the tightness of it, the height of it, and the, and the ability to keep moving fast. How does that, how do you practice that i think about like the snowbirds demo team you know as they you know start out a little yeah. further out and they get closer they get closer they get closer maybe move faster can you explain that yeah it's, well we, we ride with the same guys a lot like usually every event we're with two or three of the same guys so you really you really get comfortable with each other and know each other's riding styles and then that works you just trust one another on how close to get and you know which way one's going to veer so when I was, just lots of practice with them. Just lots of practice. So I'm watching some of this video. You're riding up this big ramp, and your hands are off your bike, and then you're pulling your bike back towards you, and you're landing on something on the other side. Are you landing on concrete or asphalt on the other side, or are you landing on a big pillow? Uh, no, not a, not a big pillow. It's, uh, it's actually a, a trailer, like a bumper pull trailer that folds up all on hydraulics into a big landing ramp, and it's a pretty slick unit. We can just pull into a parking lot or a grass field, set up in 15 minutes and get a show done so it works pretty slick oh very cool all right and provides in case something does go wrong there's a little bit of padding there yeah we have a little airbag up in the front in case something goes wrong and you don't you don't make the distance that would save you a little bit i suppose <laughs> um do you think you have a really cool job chad yeah I, it's <laughs> the funnest thing in the world for sure now if you weren't doing this what would you be doing Oh, dang, I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> hard to say. Maybe selling the bikes? I don't know. <laughs> um, what does your family think about all of this? Oh, they're really supportive. They're great. They, they came down to Calgary a couple times. It's That's probably the closest one, the most local one to home for sure. So you get a lot of family and friends coming out to hang out. Okay, um, and it, and and does that that must feel good to, to be able to show your stuff in front of all of them. Uh, it's Sometimes it's a little more nerve-wracking. Yeah. Then you know there's someone out there that, you know, they don't want to see you crash, so it makes it a little little more nerve-wracking, I'd so, say. So what do you do to handle the nerves? I've talked to a couple of extreme sports guys over the past year or so, and, you know, they say, you know, once you get to that point, you know, really, there's a point of no return. You, you got to go, you got to go. Like, you can't double-clutch it, you, you know, or else yeah. you're going to really hurt yourself. So how do you deal with those nerves, or how do you mentally prepare to get into that space to do that? Yeah, that that's 90% of it is your your mental state of mind like you you need to have so much confidence and just know that all your practice is going to pay off and when it comes time to the show that you you know you trust you know what you're doing do you have a favorite stunt uh yeah i think the it's called a, a holy grab so you'll jump off your bike and let go with everything and float back so you're just floating through the air with your bike until the last minute you'll grab back on and get back to the handlebars that one's fun because it it kind of feels like you're flying, I guess. Well, it kind of feels like you're flying or dropping, depending on which way you look, <laughs> which way you look yeah. at it, Chad. Um, Hopefully not dropping. <laughs> yeah, again, I, I, I think of some of this stuff, and I'm go, I, I wonder how you learn, like, that step to do that, like, to, to, to let go of the bike and to separate yourself from it. Um, you know, even, yeah, it's just baby steps. It's just baby steps. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. 
pretty well. Like, there's a, well, the backflip, I learned the, how to backflip into a, a foam pit down in Idaho. Okay. That a, a friend let me use there. And then, but other than that, for all your other, like, backflip variation tricks, it's, I think it's safer almost to learn them to, to a landing mount so you can work your way into it. Yeah, yeah. And if something goes wrong, you know how to save it. So uh, what's going on with you next? You just finished up at the Stampede. You've had uh, some highlights along the way and doing some traveling. What's uh, What's been the biggies for you? Uh, there's one in, I just got back right before Stampede. There's one in uh, Colorado Springs that's really fun. It's a Red Bull demo just right downtown. It's a super fun show to do, just a big fan fest. Mm-hmm. And uh, some international ones. We went. I went to Israel, and that was a, a real shocker, but that was a super fun event just for a couple days down there. Can you make some good money doing this, Chad? Yeah, I can. As long as you stay healthy and busy, you can pay the bills for sure. Awesome. Okay. Well, what's next for you? Uh, I got this weekend. I got off, and then we're actually jumping in Bowdoin for a rodeo on uh, the 27th, and then I go down to the states for a couple more, and just picking them up here and there for the next few months. Do you? you, Does it go right through the the winter time? Like, would you go down into the states during the winter time? Yeah, actually, a lot of uh, indoor stuff. Like, we, we do the Edmonton and Calgary motorcycle shows every yeah, year. Yeah. The first and second week of January there. And there's a handful of inside indoor stuff for sure. So when you're not riding your dirt bike, do you do you have a, 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 a motorcycle that you ride daily? No, I don't actually. Come on. But I, that'll be, uh, I know, that's definitely on my list for sure. <laughs> I just want my little cafe racer or something. <laughs> Hey, I have a really nice bike that I'm thinking about selling, so. Oh, dang. All right. Well, let's make a deal then, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Chad, best of luck to you. Congratulations on on the success. And uh, I watched the video again on uh, the the Facebook page. I think it was the... It was the... um, the FMX Stunt Team Facebook page over the weekend, and good on you. It's exciting and looks like lots of fun. You're living your best life, Chad. Keep it up. Enjoy, okay? Right on. Thank you very much. Yeah, you betcha. Thank you so much. And, yeah, it's it's always, I, I, I watch those things. You know, when you talk with with guys and gals that do extreme sports, um... I, I think there's, you know, sometimes you just have a different way of thinking. And maybe they just have something that just, you know, they, they can get past. Um, and when you talk about extreme sports, like, yeah, okay, I ride motorcycle. I haven't ridden motorcycle in a very long time. And as you just heard, I'm actually considering selling my motorcycle soon because I haven't been riding it. Um, but the most extreme thing that I've done... Okay, so I, I bodybuilt for two years, and that's a different kind of extreme thing, right? That's just, that was, you know, heavy dieting and, and weight training. I jumped out of a plane once. I jumped out of a plane. Um, it was in Thunder Bay, Ontario. And, ha- you know, ha- what have you guys done? Have you jumped out of a plane? Did you like it? What extreme things are you doing in your world? I jumped out of a plane. It was for, believe it or not... My friends, it was a fundraiser for the trauma care team (laughs) at the Thunder Bay General Hospital. And a bunch of us, um, we signed up to do this. And I think I got, you know, lubbed in there because I was on television. It was okay, we need a media person. And I didn't really enjoy it. I, I, I remember feeling quite 
uh, awkward and nervous about it all. And, and, and the gal that was so gung-ho about doing it, she couldn't stop talking about it. She was just, you know, chatterbox all the way up on the plane. And she's the one that jammed at the last minute. But I remember stepping out onto the struts of that plane and thinking to myself, what in the world am I doing? And then... I let go and I felt like I blacked out. I don't remember much. You know, it was not a huge jump and, you know, the chute opened and I kind of, my eyes opened. It was all bruised up. And then I really, really tried to enjoy that float down. I really tried to enjoy this experience that people said was so amazing to do. And I just didn't. I landed on, I remember landing and my dad was videotaping it. And all I said to him was, get this bleeping thing off of me. And then I didn't talk for about two days. I had bad dreams about falling out of a plane. Um, I just didn't really enjoy it. Now, having said that, having said that, um, I would skydive tandem from a higher, from a higher uh, uh, elevation. From, yeah, I, I would I would do that. I think that would be cool. If I could hold on to somebody, if I didn't, you know, if I had someone there to take care of me, I know that sounds maybe a little, I don't know what, but I would do tandem, absolutely. But uh, a, a solo jump, first time, nope, never doing that again. And then I scuba dived. I scuba dived for a very, very long time. My father hated it. We took scuba diving lessons together. So again, extreme, not really, depends on what you think. Um, my dad would have rather jumped out of a plane than scuba dive ever again. He thought that was the most bizarre thing on the planet. And I loved every minute of it. Anyway, um, if you want to share your extreme sports story, uh, let me know. Have you seen those squirrel Squirrel diving, those squirrel costume things, that's crazy. Someone just texted and said, Jay, come on. You said you didn't talk for two days. We're supposed to believe that? And I said, no, it's true. After I jumped, after I did that skydive, I did not talk for two days. And my then boyfriend was a member of the critical incident stress debriefing team at the Thunder Bay Police Service and he was very very worried that I had had kind of like uh, sensory I don't know what it was but he was quite worried about it and was worried that I was going to have <laughs> some some treatment just for sensory overload or whatever it was and I think that's exactly what it was it was just so much to process it was just like Boom. Um, and I, that's what I responded back to the texture. And he says, come on, you probably talk in your sleep. And I'm like, no, no. After talking four hours a day, I'm done. I'm absolutely done. Um, I took up flying. This is Pete. <laughs> Someone says, okay, Jay. Um, Pete in Edmonton says, I took up flying as part of turning 50. Not extreme, but a lot of fun. I've flown across Western Canada and the USA a lot of times, also skydived once. I would love to learn how to fly. Like, I love flying, and I've been lucky enough to fly with the snowbirds. I've been lucky enough to fly in an F-18. I've been lucky enough to fly in a a couple of other really cool military um, uh, aircraft. I love that sort of stuff. I love that. But learning how to fly... um, that's a lot of responsibility. Uh, Jay, I climbed Mount Washington in 1982 
barefoot wearing only a bathing suit. <laughs> the wind speed at the top at 6,500 feet gusted to 60 miles per hour. I also dove into a pool of ice cold water on the way up. The story hit the newspaper. That's from David. Someone said, hey, Jay, there's a motorcycle track day, August 2. Um, Ron says, you know, the tough thing as far as extreme for him is hard to say. A thousand jumps, skydiving, cliff diving, and scuba diving. We extremists tend to have ADHD. Thrill-seeking replaces mammoth hunting, and that is why we exist. I love scuba diving. Scuba diving I have found to be one of the most enjoyable uh, things I've ever done in my life. I love getting down, you know, maybe about 15, 20 feet, just kind of parking it there and watching the critters uh, go, go by. And someone says all those pilots you flew with probably wanted to push you out for talking so much. No, because I didn't talk then. You sit back and listen because you're afraid to talk over something. Uh, motorcycle track day, uh, August 2 at a Castrol Raceway. Yeah, if you want to get your speed on, you can do it out there. That's for sure. Um, and uh, this one as well said uh, there's a, a nude bike ride on White Avenue, August 3rd. Escott, I'm just reading it. You just looked at me all confused. I'm going to sign up for that. I think, I'm guessing it's a pedal bike ride. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> There's so much I want to say about that, Jay, that we just can't. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because every year there is one. Over the last few years, there has been the nude bike ride. And if and if you think that's an extreme sport, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if it's an extreme sport. It's... Um, I, I think, would still call it an act of bravery. I think it would be an act of bravery. I think it might be extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> um... And what kind of bike do you ride? Do you ride like a, a 10 speed? Do you ride a, a mountain bike? Do you, do you ride one with fat tires? You know, maybe distracting from other things. Do you ride the ones with the banana seats? You know, those ones? <laughs> Given the circumstances, that's probably the most comfortable one you could ride. <laughs> oh. Does jumping over the manure, manure pile on an old tricycle from the loft in the barn on a dare from the cousin who shot me count as an extreme sport? I retired to less dangerous stuff, like a couple of wars in the Canadian forces. That's from my pal Robert. Hey, Robert. And yep, banana bike. Banana bike it is.